He kept his upper body erect, leaning against the right door of the cab, his legs on the bench seat, the soles touching the left door. One would have taken him for thirty or a little more. He was not quite that old. His name was Martin Terrier. An Ortke's automatic pistol with a red-filled silencer rested on his lap. The Bedford was parked in the northern suburb of Worcester, in a residential neighbourhood full of Tudor-style houses, with half-timbering and small-paned windows whose cross-pieces were painted a shiny black. The grey or pastel light of television glowed behind the windows of houses without shutters. Two couples waited at the nearby bus stop, their heads bent, their backs to the wind. A porch light came on beneath the awning of a Tudor house fifty metres from the Bedford. When the door of the house opened, Terrier tossed his French cigarette, a Gauloise, on the floorboard of the cab. He picked up the Ortgies and cocked it, while at the top of the steps, Marshal Dubovsky turned to give his wife a brief kiss on the cheek. A green double-decker bus, all lit up, was approaching from the north. Crammed into a beltless putty raincoat, Dubovsky began to run on his short legs. With one hand clutching a fluffy green velvet Tyrolean hat to his head, he crossed the yard on the double, hurried down the sidewalk, and reached the stop three seconds ahead of the bus. Terrier made a small sound of irritation with the saliva in his mouth. Swinging his legs around, he took the wheel of the Bedford and set the safety of the automatic, which he put next to him on the left-hand side of the bench seat. Meanwhile, the two couples and Dubovsky were getting into the bus. Terrier allowed it to get a little ahead. In the centre of Worcester there is a square that is the terminus of several bus lines. As he was parking the Bedford there, Terrier saw Dubovsky go into a movie theatre that was showing a double feature a mediocre American thriller starring Charles Bronson along with a regional black-and-white British comedy with Diane Salento. Once the bus passengers had dispersed, the square was deserted. Across from the theatre, a pub devoid of all picturesqueness and looking more like a big laundrette, cast pools of yellow light on the sidewalk through its opaque windows. In her glass cube at the back of the lobby, the theatre cashier was knitting. A fake redhead dressed in a poppy-red three-quarter-length coat of acrylic fur, wearing scarlet lipstick, too much mascara, and black plastic boots with very high heels, came out and left the theatre. A red purse slung across her shoulder. She had her hands in her pockets and wore a sullen, calculating expression. Dubosky followed twenty metres behind. He cast a furtive glance toward the pub. When the girl and the man were away from the theatre and were about to go around the corner, Terrier released the clutch and caught up with and overtook them. Just before the redhead reached the intersection, he swerved, pulled up to the sidewalk, and came to a stop. With the engine running, Terrier opened the left door and stepped out onto the sidewalk, with the Ortgies in his hand. Dubosky almost ran into him. Their eyes met. Dubovsky opened his mouth to shout. Terrier quickly shot him once in his open mouth and again at the base of his nose. At the discreet sound of these shots, the redhead turned. Terrier also turned.
and they found themselves face to face, just as Dubovsky's head, which was split open, full of holes, and shattered like the shell of a hard-boiled egg, hit the sidewalk with a squishy sound. Terrier took two steps forward, extended his arm, put the silencer against the girl's heart, and pressed the trigger once. The girl flew back, her intestines emptying noisily, and fell dead on her back. Terrier got back in the bedfoot and left. He turned left once again and drove westward down an absolutely deserted shopping street, where the violent wind pursued dirty newspaper pages. Behind the dark shop windows were hundreds of empty suits, thousands of empty shoes, thousands of square cardboard labels bearing prices in pounds sterling and occasionally in guineas. The Bedford soon rejoined the highway.